Welcome back, Fatherless Behavior Squad. From Under the Apron, welcome to you to another awesome episode, courtesy of your host, me, Evo. What a lovely weekend in wrestling we just had, huh? Like, for real, what? Did you not? Were you not entertained? When I tell you guys that I practically screamed in the comfort of my own home, that neighbors came to the door to check on me if everything was okay. I'm going to repeat that every chance I get. Because neighbors did come over to my door and I screamed. I screamed so loud. I said, oh my god, oh my god, yes. Best night ever. Best night of my entire life ever. Alright, let's, let's not get too carried away with that one. But you know what else happened this week, guys? Do you know what else happened this week? Spotify Wrapped happened this week. For those that don't know, Spotify Wrapped is a viral marketing campaign by Spotify, of course, released annually since 2016. Every early December or by the end of November, the campaign allows Spotify users to view a compilation of data about their activity on the platform over the past year and invites them to share it on their social media. They have one for your music, and it shows what artists or songs you've listened to the most. They also have one for podcasts. So that's basically analytics. And you know what I love about numbers. You know I love numbers. So let's take it to from the top. Because we all love when I reveal the numbers, and it's the only time I get a tingling sensation in my veins right here, guys. Right there. And it's winter... Depression is coming along. You know, why not share with y'all something that's going to make me happy? Numbers. That's that's what's going to make me happy. So first, let's start off with the hours I put into this podcast. According to Wrapped, like, because I couldn't um, log in. I don't know. I don't know how to, like, count hours, I guess, from January 1st to now. But according to Rap, this year I logged in about 2.5k minutes of episodes. 2,500 minutes of episodes. 2,500 minutes. Are you doing the math? Do you want me to do the math for you? The math is mathing right now. That's 42 hours of content. That's 42 hours of me rambling along. I said that earlier when I posted this. I said, thank you for listening to me ramble on for 2.5 thousand minutes of episodes. I'm sorry, 2,500 minutes of episodes, 2.5k minutes of episodes. 42 hours of me just rambling along, telling you what to, what I like to watch, what I like to do, telling you about my diabetes, telling you about my the back cracking that I had, telling you about these shows, telling you about the shows I like to watch. All that stuff. It's basically a whole work week for some. So I went to work. A whole week of work. And what did I get back? I got back this right here. I got back hours of content. I got back with a paycheck. This is my paycheck. This is me fucking putting in work and me coming out with this. I love this. So let me take this opportunity to say that if you've been listening since day one, 
since the start of January all the way through now. I appreciate your support. I appreciate y'all listening to 2.5 thousand minutes of me talking about the things that I love. From the patrons to the supporters to the podcasters and the streamers I met along the way. Y'all know who you are. Speaking of the new people I met along the way. It was this year in the middle of March that I decided to live stream the podcast and get a new group of supporters. Did I get a new group of supporters? Did I fare? How how did I fare? Thank you, Grandfather Clock. How did I fare? 85% of new listeners were discovered from this point onward. That's how I fared. 10% of those listeners started from the March episode of WrestleMania 39 predictions. That's how I fared. 10% of those listeners started in March. My podcast was shared all over the world this year, being listened to by five new countries. Switzerland, South Africa, Venezuela, United Arab Emirates, and Sweden, with 73% being shared with direct link to the podcast. Yes. And I stated earlier, all over the socials, well, mostly Twitter, threads, and Instagram, my most shared episode was episode 100, Backdrops in Backlots. And it was a review, it was a rewatch and review of the first episode of the first season of Heels on the Stars Network. You know that one show where I, like, geeked out because a certain wrestler from Chicago was in it. Yeah, that show. The podcast was streamed 107% more this year than it was last year, and it had so much to do with where I streamed it on. I even went back and started doing past episodes so that people would get a teaser as to what I talk about, and people have been telling me since then that they've listened. Those people, I do appreciate y'all for sticking around for coming on, for being a freaking guest. I One of them was a guest on this podcast on this year, around March, around April. What was his name? His name was Josh. I forgot his screen name, but his name was Josh. We got to meet him. We got to hang out with him. We got to know about him. And ever since then, more people have come along, shown me their support, telling me, how they feel about wrestling. What they feel about wrestling. I even met a person who's related to a wrestler. We will get on that later. I still want to get on that later. There, there'll there be time to talk about that later. I hope. I presume. Wrapped. Spotify wrapped. Even broke it down for me. He It said, I'm a top 10 podcast for 66 fans. A top 5 for 50 fans, and the number one podcast for 31 fans who listened 10 times more than my other listeners. And you better believe, you better fucking believe, I am the number one in that 31. I am my biggest fan. I truly am. I also shared this earlier on the socials, Twitter, threads, and Instagram. Again, again, I share everything on the socials. 
whatever happens here, I share it on the socials. Episode 90, the tape distribution era, is the top episode of the year. You all made it the top episode of the year. I am going to post this episode again and have you all listen to it. Because it was one of my favorite things to do with one of my best friends from fucking high school. From fucking high school. From fucking 20 years ago. Come on. One of my favorite episodes was with a guy from high school that I fucking went to high school with. And that was 20 years ago. It was streamed 84% more than your average episode. Come on, guys. I sent it out to my co-host for that episode. His name is Shenrod. He's on Twitch. Check him out. He's on the threads. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's all over the place as well. I shared it. I tagged him in everywhere. I bet he hates it because he's like, shit, why am I being tagged? (laughs) Of course he loved it. I don't care. If he didn't love it, all right. Too bad, buddy. I appreciate you, though. He answered all of them. It just goes to show you, and it just goes to, you know, it just means we're going to do another episode together. I promise you that. Believe that. On top of all that, with the way the podcast is going, the downloads, the downloads, my goodness, they've doubled since last year. I am happy to report that I am at 3,000, I'm sorry, no, that's not even it, 8,325 downloads, and the only way from here is up. I can't go anywhere else. I can't. I, I have to keep going. A wise man once told me, a few nights ago actually, not once, a wise man told me a few nights ago, don't let others eat from your steak that you've been cooking because it is your steak. You know how to prepare it, you know how to season it, and you know how to cook it. And he's right. He's absolutely right. And I said this at the start of the year because of the live streams that were introduced on this particular app that I was using. That it was, it was time to adapt. Well, it's been 11 months later. I think it's time to adapt some more. Before we start the show and talk about the weekend... After Survivor Series went off the air and during the whole press conference, which you will also hear some of it on here, I noticed the people asking the questions at the press conference were bloggers and people with podcasts. Podcasters, I noticed a lot about that. I noticed that they asked, they let, they chose those people. Well, as soon as I saw that, I said, I blog. I have a podcast. Why not? I've said this before. I need to say it on the podcast for it to come true. I want to manifest my goals for this podcast. I want to manifest what I want to do from now on. I want to manifest my future. I'm calling out. I'm calling the shots. I'm calling out maybe next. No, not next year. I mean, in a few years, once this podcast decides to like, Interview those fucking awesome ass wrestlers. A wrestler at least. I'll be at Wrestlemania. At the press conference. 
I want to manifest that. I want to manifest a premium live event where I am at a press conference and I get to uh, raise my hand and Triple H gets to look over me because he doesn't know who the fuck I am yet. I'll probably be next to Alex Lajas or um, that House of Wrestling guy. I'll be like this the entire time and he'll just skim over me and I'll be fine with that. At least he saw me. At least we made eye contact. But I want to manifest that. I want to say that I want to be there at the big event, at the big dance. And be able to say, I was there, he looked at me, but he didn't ask me to ask the question. But I still wanted to ask the question. I still had a question. So let's manifest that at least. In a few years, premium live event. Go big or go home, WrestleMania. You better believe I'm calling this shot. You better believe I'll be there. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Survivor Series War Games happened over the weekend, Saturday, November 25th, 2023, at the Allstate Arena, Chicago, Illinois. I know what you're about to say. Did you go? No, I didn't go. But uh, no, that's not even the question that you're about to ask. Evo, you are a week late. Hey, I wanted to wait for the rap party so I can include it on here. But if you all heard the predictions episode between Menace and myself, then you all know what we were hyped up for. Either the women's war games match or the fifth member of the men's war games match. We were hyped. I didn't expect what ended up happening. I wasn't expecting to scream at the top of my lungs by the end of the night. And have my neighbor come over to ask if I was okay. Not at all. No, I'm not going to keep bringing that up. Because, sure, why not? It, it happened. I screamed. Neighbor came over. Yes? What's going on? Are you okay? No. Watching wrestling. Oh my goodness. Okay. Bye. Thank you for coming over, though. I'm like the kid. I'm like the guy who cried wolf. Next time I actually scream and shit, they're not going to come over. They're going to think that I'm fucking watching wrestling or that something happened and I just, like, did all that. No. 
people are just gonna like assume some shit happening with me in the fucking TV. They're just gonna be like, nah, he's a wrestling fan. What's tonight? Tonight's wrestling? Yeah, he's a wrestling fan. Don't ignore it. Next few days, I'm going to be on an episode of a true crime podcast, and they're going to be like, so what happened? And their neighbor's going to be like, he's a big wrestling fan. We thought he was just yelling at the top of his lungs because of wrestling. But no, he was really murdered. He was really yelling out for help. And you guys didn't help him because you all assumed he was watching wrestling. Is that getting too dark in this? Oh, goodness. All right. No, I'm kidding. That's not what's really going to happen. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Let's just get move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because, uh, yeah. Survivor Series War Games. First match of the night. I hope you all loved it. Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch defeated Bailey, Asuka, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane with Dakota Kai hanging out with them. In the War Games match, 33 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, we did find out last week about Becky Lynch, right? I did say that. What we didn't find out was the men's War Games match, who was going to be the fifth member. So let's move along. Let me tell you what happens in the match during the match. Lynch and Bailey started the match. Early on, Bailey tossed Lynch into the cage. Lynch applied to disarm her, but Kai interfered. Kai's outside, hitting Lynch with a candlestick through the cage. Shotzi threw a trash can in the ring when she came in. Belair whipped Sky and Bailey with her braids. Sky put the trash can on her head and dove onto everyone from the top of the cage. Eel Sky is amazing when she does that. Another high spot, Flair did a moonsault from the top of the cage onto everyone. They just wanted to do their high spots. There were some near falls for both teams. Asuka missed a missed on Shotzi, allowing Belair to blast Asuka with a fire extinguisher. Flair attempted a spear on Sane, but Bailey shoved her out of the way and took the spear instead. The faces then performed their signature moves on Bailey, with Lynch finishing her off by delivering a manhandle slam from the second rope through a table and pinned her to win. Um, what a great start for the show. Like, fucking... I'm just gonna put in the, uh, the audio clip, because this, this needs to happen. Well, boys, we got ourselves a good old-fashioned headbanger! I'm going to say that Bailey was the MVP for this match. She just kept fucking... She saved the match. She saved the entire match throughout the entire night. If one of them was getting pinned, she'd get in there and jump in on them and help them out. If She even took that spear for um, Sane, for Kyrie Sane. And uh, what can you say? Like, damn. And then if on Thursday it happens... Like, that's probably going to be the whole, um, situation right there, that, um, argument that, hey, let's get rid of one person, you, you know, you took the pin, but at the same time, Bailey's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, I took the pin, but I, like, saved all your asses, and I kept trying to keep the match open, but you all couldn't help me, and blah, blah, so... 
either Bailey turns face because of that, or they actually kick her out, and she's still face. Like, that could happen at least, right? <laughs> um, high spots of the match, of course, is uh, Eo Sky with the trash can, because she's crazy. She Hey, might as well do the same spot she did last year, right? Uh, Flair with the moonsault from the top of the cage, of course. That was amazing. Um, Shotzi. <laughs> Why does she look like Angelica from the Rugrats? The fucking Angelica's toy from the Rugrats. What was her name? Somebody tell me her name. I keep thinking Samantha or something like that. Um, Bailey, of course. Uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair with that fucking hug at the end of the match. And then we get their, um, their after the match, their, and then we get to the press conference and after the match and all that stuff. And they, they love it. (laughs) They're, they're, they're dating, they're courting each other. That's what they basically said. So here's a little clip from that. Hi, I am Isa with Lucha Libre Online. Congratulations on an amazing match, match of the night in my opinion. I'll take it. Um, now, you guys have such history. You guys, no. former besties. <laughs> then some things went down, but you work well together tonight. So how about a tag team title ring? I mean, I would love to see it. I mean, you know, we're just courting each other again. Let's, uh, <laughs> but let's that, that take it easy, too, you know. <laughs> That's Let's a great way to my we'll bond. Get there, we'll get there. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> We're dating again. We're seeing how it's yeah, working yeah. out. Yeah. Hi, Becky. Hi, Charlotte. I'm Krista B, one half of those wrestling girls. And this is a full circle moment because, Becky, last year I asked you and Bianca when we had Survivor Series in Brooklyn about the history that you have made and what's next. So the question is now, now that we see Becky and Charlotte back together, what history do you think that you guys can make together? I think that's a good point. We have made a lot of history individually, but I think the most history that we've made has been together. And probably the best history that we've made. Aww. That was really... It's getting dusty in here. Come on now. Um, I just think we bring out the best in each other. And tonight, uh, when we hugged at the same time, you could feel that electricity. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her. And she wouldn't be where she was if it wasn't for me. So I think that just never goes away. Ella J, SE Scoops, Charlotte, you were the only person on your team to have this be your very first War Games yeah. match. How was the process of preparing for this grueling stipulation, and what are some of your takeaways from this experience? Um, well, gosh, how do, how do we beat the match from last year? Like, how do we top every year? And knowing that last year was so good and the year before, the NXT one. Um, but I think for me it was just more you know, the history with war games with my dad and Dusty and wanting to be a part of that and continuing the tradition and, you know, being with Bianca and Shotzi and having this moment with Becky. Like, for me, it was more, you know, making amends or, you know, we kind of left in a bad spot and then coming together tonight and how can we move forward with everything. It was awesome. I had to get my moonsault in. I was like, I have to go off the cage. (laughs) 
Hi. Hi. Alex Lajas from Queen of the Ring and Church of Joshi. I wanted to get into the women's division because you have a good eye for Joshi wrestling, obviously with uh, EO Sky as WWE Women's Champion, also being a Grand Slam champion in Japan. There are rumors that a big talent, Julia from Japan, you have interest in her. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit more detail about that. The funny thing is like, I didn't even know there was a term Joshi thing. Like I didn't even know that was a term until like a couple of years ago where I was like, what is that? Anyways, I see that all the time. To me, it's just like, it's what we do, right? And um, they're talent athletes that, that work globally. And whether we're pulling athletes out of NIL, out of colleges and training them from the ground up or whether we're seeing somebody that we think is an amazing performer that's working their way up someplace else. They're, they're still amazing um, in-ring talent. And I want to work with the best talent. I want to work with the best talent that's open to not just saying, hey, this is what I do and that's what I do. Right? I want them to be open to doing more. I want all our talent to be open to doing more and to push the envelope of, of what they believe and what they can do and, and the stories that they can tell. Um, so to me, it's, you know, sometimes I see, we look in a specific place. I don't look at a specific place. The, the, the globe is where I look and, and where we look and where our recruiters look and where our team looks. And, um, if, if somebody's talented and we think that they can hang on the biggest stage in the world, we want them to come here and see if they believe in themselves as much as we do. In a backstage segment, Roz Otis, Akira Tozawa, and Maxine Dupree of Alpha, Alpha Academy at the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven were shown eating ruffles on a couch watching the event. SmackDown's Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince, and Kit Wilson showed up and argued uh, with Otis on whether they were potato chips or crisp. Potato chips or crisp. Obviously, we call them potato chips out there in the British, in the in the proper English form. They call them crisp. So they were arguing on that, and then they throw away the um, the potato chips. So when I don't know who did it, Kit Wilson, the one that looks like Owen Wilson, he went down to pick up the stuff, and lo and behold, we see the return. Of Archer. <laughs> He'd been out with an injury since November of 2022. He'd been out for a year. He popped up from behind the couch and settled the argument stating there were ruffles and they called for everyone to get along, which ended with Tozawa doing the ruffle shuffle dance. Ooh, you nasty with that ruffle shuffle dance. Of course, during the press conference, Triple H had a lot to say about R-Truth's return to the company. A lot of things to talk about in the show. Let's talk about the big return. R-Truth. Back. Right? R-Truth is back, baby. Yeah. Eating chips, just going to town. R-Truth is the man. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I never saw it coming. You know what I mean? And how we were able to keep that quiet 
mind-blowing, but our truth is back. I expect that to be headlines everywhere for all of you. Um, okay, okay, okay. Next match. Gunta defeated the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship via submission. The match lasted 20, 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Man, did you really think the Miz was going to do, was going to, like, no. Um, this was bad. Gunter is, like, destroyed. Miz. Uh, Gunter defended the Intercontinental Championship against the Miz. The Miz counted a powerbomb and did some kicks to Gunter's torso. He hit a skull-crushing finale for a two-count. Then Gunther did a top rope splash on the Miz's back and then performed a Boston Crab with knee for the submission win. It felt like the walls of Jericho. The um the old one. The fucking old one. <laughs> the walls? Is that what they call it? The walls? The walls of Jericho? Is that what he called it? I forgot what it was called. But the way um Jericho used to do it back in the day. Uh, I also love the fact that they mentioned his name, too, and being one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. And, but, you know, and they did the Wall of Jericho? Huh. Alright. WrestleMania is coming right around the corner, so is the Royal Rumble. Uh, perhaps Hall of Fame ballot for Jericho? Maybe? Who knows? Uh, the match was... Pretty okay. I mean, it's short. Uh, I wasn't expecting the Miz to go like longer, but at the same time, it's against Gunther, so like protect Gunther, make him feel stronger, make him make him look strong, basically, right? Gunther, good to see you, Chris Van Vliet from Insight. There wasn't a lot of respect that you had for Miz leading into this match. What's your respect level for him now after the great match that you had here tonight? Um, I mean, everything aside, I think uh, I can be very satisfied with today because I've been in the ring with a two-time Grand Slam champion, somebody that is around forever here. Uh, I think he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer down the line. Um, and it was a challenge for me because uh, I mentioned it before, I'm not the typical that not the typical superstar that is made out of the classic WWE mold. So I wanted to have that challenge. Um, I told him last week, like, I don't think he belongs in the ring and in the sport, and I think he proved today that he does. Uh, just not with, with me, that's what I think. <laughs> Reggie Edwards, Indy Sports Daily. Gunther, you defeated one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time, but how much did it bother you that people are consistently referring to him as one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time when you're the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time? Um, I mean, I guess after tonight, there shouldn't be any questions about it anymore. But I was on the other hand, I'm zero fussed by that. I don't compare myself to others. Uh, I'm here to build my legacy, to do it my way. Um, and I compare myself with myself. That's my biggest concern. Kyle Collison, uh, Knockouts in Three Counts, and Bodyslam.net. My question for you is we also cover MMA and combat sports. You have one of the best runs of all time as Intercontinental Champion. You know, we see a lot of people talking about being champ champs in the world of MMA. 
Is that something that you would like to see yourself do as an intercontinental champion and go for whether that's Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins with the World Heavyweight Championship next? Um, not directly, no. I think the Royal Rumble is around the corner. Um, if it should be the case that I'm in the Royal Rumble, I think I'm one of the favorites. Um, and there's always a little possibility. Um, it's not on my mind too much. Uh, I have to say they are doing their thing and I'm really focused on doing my thing. Um, and that's what matters to me right now. Um, do I believe I belong there? Yeah, definitely. I have no doubts about it, but it's still not a nothing I'm very focused on right now. Um, after that match came, I'm sorry, but I'm just gonna say it. I had to go to the fucking bathroom. I had to go. I had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't stand here. I I know. I shouldn't have, but I did because I was I wasn't feeling good. But like I ended up watching it again anyways. But the first one was just like no. The second reaction was just like oh okay. Santos Escobar defeated Dragon Lee by pinfall, seven minutes and forty seconds. I lasted eight minutes in the bathroom. I mean I I wasn't planning. Uh, next time, never mind. Uh, Escobar was quick on the offense at first. Escobar stuck Lee's leg between the ring post and stepped on it, but Lee fought him off. Escobar hit a hurricane on Lee, ending with a phantom driver and pinned Lee for the win. Escobar wins. Um, if this is a rumor, I hope they freaking do it. Santos Escobar with... He could have um, Los Otarios, Angel Garza, and Humberto Carrillo, the cousins... Uh, coming back from the to the main roster, maybe they could hang out with um, Escobar, and then do an entire new faction of Legados and Fantasma. Like I, I, I'd go for that, and then have Legados, the new Legados and Fantasma against the LWO, uh, either with Ray or Carlito. As the new leader, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. So the, that's probably what's been what the rumor mill is going on. What's going to happen next? So we're just going to have to wait and see for that one. Up next, Rhea Ripley defeated Zoe Stark via pinfall for the Women's World Championship. Again, another short match, nine minutes and fifteen seconds. Um. There was a brawl between the two before the match started. After the match began, Stark hit Ripley with a drop kick. Stark battling Ripley was met with kicks. Ripley counted the Z360 before delivering a headbutt and a hit a riptide to retain the title. So Zoe Stark is a face? She was out there slapping kids' hands and cheering, getting cheered for, and I thought she was a heel. Unless, hey, Rhea Ripley's the bigger heel here. We want, we need you to be a face this week and then next week you can do whatever the fuck you want um I guess I love the way Rhea Ripley whatever Rhea Ripley was wearing fucking amazing she looked fucking hot she looked amazing in it uh yeah I mean I can't say anything else about this match I so you had 27, 30 minutes in between 
for the it was like a two three hour show and these matches were short so it was it was okay because we needed the big match to be longer movies and feelings pop pop bring your own popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, Jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn! In a world where true crime meets the supernatural and the unexplained. Where true crime and chills go hand in hand. Welcome to Total Conundrum, the podcast that explores the dark, the eerie, and the downright mysterious. Join us as we embark on a spine-tingling journey through the mysteries that keep you up at night. We're diving deep into true crime stories, uncovering the most baffling cases, and exploring the twisted minds behind them. But we don't stop there. We're also exploring the paranormal, from haunted houses to cryptids and all the creepy things that go bump in the night. Get ready for some supernatural thrills. And what sets us apart? Prepare for a dose of dark humor as we navigate through the creepy and bizarre. <laughs> We've got it all. Bone chilling tales, banter, and mind boggling conundrums. You won't know whether to scream or laugh. <laughs> so grab your favorite snack, turn down the lights, and join us for a roller coaster ride of true crime and the supernatural sprinkled with a bit of comic banter. Stay curious, stay captivated, and let's dive into the world of Total Conundrum. Now available on your favorite podcast platform. Get ready to be captivated, creeped out, and cracked up with Total Conundrum. Alright, the main event. Cody Rhodes, Seth Brick and Rollins, Jay Uso, Zami Zane, and... The fifth member, Randy Orton, because he was announced on Monday Night Raw, and we all missed it. I know. Here it is. <laughs> they defeated the Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough, with Drew McIntyre as well in the War Games match. The match lasted 34 minutes and 50 seconds. Well, boys, we got ourselves a good old-fashioned headbanger. Uh, throughout the night prior and at the start of the main event, Orton had not shown up, so everybody was worried. Uh, his team was worried. Uh, the first two to enter the cage, though, were Rollins and Balor. Of course, this match, this match, always, whenever Rollins and Balor are in a match against each other, it goes hard. Rollins gained the upper hand before McDonough entered to turn the tide in his team's favor. Jay Uso entered next to even things up. McIntyre was set to enter next, but Priest stopped him before entering the match himself. 
told him to go with the plan. Priest grabbed the metal ride baton and hit Uso and Rollins multiple times. Zane came out, grabbed the table, and attacked Priest before tearing a pipe from the cage and using it to attack the Judgment Day. Mysterio found himself outnumbered before the rest of the Judgment Day, and McIntyre recovered. Priest and McIntyre performed simultaneous chokeslams on Rhodes, Zane, and Rollins before driving Rollins through the table with the razor's edge. As the clock counted down for the final team for Orton to appear, instead... Rhea Ripley made an entrance with Priest's Money in the Bank contract and the referee in tow. Before the contract could be officially cashed in, however, you heard it. You heard it. I hear voices in my head. That's what came out. I hear voices in my head. I hear fucking voices in my head. Orton showed up at the last second, evening the odds with his team performing stereo rope aided DDTs to Judgment Day and McIntyre. Just as Orton was poised to use to hit Priest with an RKO, he turned his attention to Uso, and we all thought something was going on. We got fucking worried for a minute there, bud. Holy shit. Oh my god. Uh, he turned his attention to Uso, who, along with the bloodline, was responsible for his 18 months absence. Remember that? They lost. RK Bro lost the belt to the Usos. Orion taunted Uso, telling him he had not forgotten what he had done before Uso intercepted an attacking priest with a super kick, followed by an RKO on Mysterio from Orton. McDonough was chased to the top of the cage by Zane and Rollins, and they threw McDonough down to Orton, who caught him with an RKO. Rhodes then hit Priest with a crossroads before pinning him for the victory. Here are your winners. Team RKO. I'm just going to call it Team RKO, or Team Legacy. Adrenaline in my soul. Crossroads. Um... Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, Seth Frickin' Rollins, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton won. They're celebrating in the fucking ring. You see the... You see the the little... Uh, uh, copyright, all that stuff. All rights reserved. And you think it's over. It's not over. It's never over. It's like a Marvel movie now. It's... You don't get up and leave. You don't get up and walk away to go home after the movie is over. No, you sit there and you wait for the actual show to go black. Because if you do leave, you end up being like Forbes on Twitter who decided to go, to leave, to turn it off and said, no, he wasn't there. No, I didn't see him. But if you were there and you saw it, and you saw it just like me, you saw it, you heard it, you felt it, because it's there. You you feel, you feel. It, this is what wrestling's all about. It makes you feel. It makes you understand. It fucking, I love wrestling. I fell in love with wrestling when I was a kid. I'll always love wrestling. It's the only thing I'll ever love in my life. Wrestling. Because 
cult of fucking personality hits the speakers. And the entire crowd just loses it. The entire crowd goes unhinged. Everything goes unhinged. I got up from my chair and fucking yelled. And I'm going to say it as much as possible. I yelled enough for my next door neighbor to come out. I'm going to say it again. I don't give a fuck. To come out. Asked me if I was okay. And I just said, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Thank you for asking, though. As you were. Keep doing as you were. As you were. <laughs> CM Punk has... CM Punk. CM Punk. Who was fired from L Elite Wrestling nearly three months ago. Made his return. His surprise return. Because I wasn't expecting him. I was expecting fucking Randy Orton. We were all like, we were just like, oh shit, one return one night, yeah, one return. No, we got two returns. Oh shit, that's, they can't do three returns, can they? Uh, fucking R-Truth, Randy Orton, they couldn't, they couldn't pull this off. No way. Look in my eyes, what do you see? A cult of personality. See, they can't take this moment from me. Because it's not copyright. I'm singing it. Uh, he returned for the first time since 2014 World Rumble. Of course, discounting his time as has won WWE backstage from 2019 to 2020. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even there at all. He was just there. But he wasn't even there. But let me tell you the things that happened after. Oh, <laughs> uh, he came out. He looked at the crowd. He did the whole thing. He did the whole look at my clock, my watch. Get on my knee and say, it's clavering time. Yes, he looks fucking younger. He looks better than he did on AEW. He's no longer working with kids anymore. I'm sorry I had to say that. I said it. <laughs> He's... And then you see clips. That is true. He, you see clips. You see clips from every different angle inside the arena. And this is what I love the best. Because I didn't want to do it on Sunday. I didn't want to do this podcast on Sunday. I didn't want to do this podcast on Monday. I didn't want to do this. Today's Tuesday? No. Today's not Tuesday. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be ready. I wanted to find everything. I wanted to be like, here. Here's everything I just found out about this. That's what I do. That's how I do things. Then you see clips. Seth Rollins. Fucking going out. Getting out of the ring. Trying to... Flipping him... Uh, CM Punk off. CM Punk? Flipping CM Punk off. Telling him... Come here you fucking hypocrite. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. All this shit. Because he doesn't like him. They don't like each other. They don't like each other. Uh, you see Randy Orton doing the click on the check his watch, clobbering time. And then you see CM Punk doing the the Randy Orton pose, the asshole pose that he does. is like, yes. Because they were doing each other's poses, basically. You also see another clip. Mommy. Mommy's in the building. Now, Mommy's in there, obviously. But you see a clip of Mommy, Rhea Ripley... And everybody's already up. Everybody's, like, looking out into the fucking, um, 
the pathway and like you see Jey Uso just it's still in the middle of the, it's still in the ring with uh Dominic and they're just staring at each other like what the fuck this guy's back what the hell but Dominic was like leaning down towards um Rhea Ripley who was like pissed off as well she's like oh my god this guy's so fucking annoying she does her thing with her clock too it's like sovereign time shut up get out of here (laughs) so she did that she people were upset they have a right though right sure why not the best part about that night though is all the reactions that we got to see on tiktok all the reactions that we got to see on Twitter, all the reactions that we got to see that night, because they weren't expecting this man to come out at all. At all. Emily May with Sports Gator Wrestling. We all want to know. We just saw it happen. CM Punk made his return to WWE here at Survivor Series. How did that all happen? And what's next for CM Punk? So this is um, one of those things. Is that me? Excuse me. All right. Um, Is this still working? Yeah, all right. This was one of those um, sort of lightning in a bottle moments that came together very quickly. Um, But we are incredibly excited about it, you know? It's been a long time and um, in some ways been a long time coming. You know, you could say this about CM Punk. Love him, hate him, positive, negative, whatever you want to say. People talk about him all the time. Um, He is a a magnet for that. He is a conversation starter. Um, And it's tough to look past that. And for me... If if our fans want it, if the WWE Universe is excited to have it, then let's go. And we'll figure out the rest of it from there. Um, This came together super quick, um, which I'm sure is why it stayed very tight. You know, there's a lot of speculation at that point. It was nothing but speculation. For most of the time, it was speculation. It didn't really start to come to fruition until everybody stopped thinking it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it was happening. Um, But um, extremely excited. You know, a lot of time has gone by, almost 10 years, right? And if you are the same person you were 10 years ago, 10 years later, you've messed up. Everybody grows. Everybody changes. Um, And I'm a different person. He's a different person. Um, This is a different company. And we're all uh, we're all on a on a on the same even starting ground. So what's next for CM Punk? That'll be interesting, won't it? Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see that myself. I know whatever it is, it'll be talked about, it'll be exciting, um, and it'll be a thrill ride for the WWE Universe, no matter no matter what it is. Um, and I'm thrilled. We're all thrilled um, to have him back here and um, to have him back, you know, cliche to say, but have him back home in WWE. It's where he belongs.
Hi, Cody. Hi. Alex Lajas. I didn't see you for a second. Sorry. It's Hi. okay. Uh, Alex Lajas from Queen of the Ring. I wanted to know your thoughts about tonight in War Games. Uh, how did you feel walking into it and sharing the ring with your teammates, but especially with Randy Orton? Oh, man. At the end of the match, Randy said to me, uh, thanks for the phone call. He did a little, he said, thanks for the phone call. And I wanted to tell him, like, sorry, always. I wanted to tell him, thanks for my career, you know? Um, I keep thinking this is going to end, right? And uh, and I, I couldn't have got to where I got had I not been around Randy. Randy's so many wild and chaotic, and you hear all these funny stories about him and all this nonsense, but as a performer, a professional wrestler, WWE superstar, what an outstanding mentor he was to me, truly. Uh, I'll never forget standing in the ring at the Royal Rumble when he won, pointing at the, the star WrestleMania sign and just thinking like, I wanna be like him. Um, and that's as nice as I'm gonna get about, I, I, uh, I was really touched. And I think uh, a lot of emotions tonight because um, my father-in-law, he's, uh, he's in the hospital and, uh, Michael Cole shouted him out on, a, on, a commentary. And I really appreciate that. Otis has been the biggest fan and we love Otis and, and want him to get better and all those things. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about Randy. And then of course, cage opens up and I walk out and I, for the first time in the day, everyone else is thinking for the first time in the day, I think like, oh, this is my dad's match. So charmed life you guys have given me i'm i'm very lucky thank you guys in a world where the spooky and supernatural collide two friends go on an epic journey to the other side hi i'm rain hi i'm luna and we're the hosts of Spooky Natural, a podcast where we try to make a skeptic into a believer. Check us out to hear spooky tales of ghosts, alien encounters, cryptids, and all other unexplained mysteries. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and join our Facebook group. And listen wherever you get your podcasts. Spook you later. <laughs> then we move on to Monday Night Raw, which was commercial free for the first hour. We, you know what we're here for, right? We were here for the... Uh, for the CM Punk stuff. We weren't here. We were here to see CM Punk. But instead they put him at the last. At the end. Instead we saw the return of Randy Orton. As he was saying that he had unfinished business with the bloodline. Interrupted by mommy. Son of a bitch. Hold on. Sorry. Uh, we saw the return of Randy Orton, and as he was saying that he had unfinished business with the bloodline, but he was interrupted by Mommy. 
uh, Rhea Ripley, who came down to the ring to tell Orton that the Judgment Day runs the WWE. Orton told her that since she likes calling herself Mommy, then he is Daddy, and he is back. He gets attacked by Dom and Jane McDonough, but Orton comes back to fend him off, and another RKO on JD, who's wearing a neck brace after the injury at War Games. I'm not going to get through the whole show. It was a very good show. I figured the commercial free was because of CM Punk. But no. Instead, we had the tag team turmoil, which started, which then that commercial free ended up being 50 minutes. Okay. What? Okay. They lied. Instead, we get the tag team turmoil. Right? I already said that. The reunion of DIY. That's already happened. I haven't talked about wrestling in a while. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa against Alpha Academy. And it ended up with DIY eliminating the Alpha Academy. After that, DIY eliminated Indusure. And then the Creed Brothers came out and they eliminated DIY. And then they eliminated the New Day, and then they eliminated Imperium. I'm not going to go through it. I told you, just who they fought. So, three teams, the Creed Brothers eliminated. The Creed Brothers will now get a shot at the WWE Tag Team Champions against the Judgment Day. Next match was a meat slapping meat match. Biggie would be so proud of this one. Ivar versus Bronson Reed, which ended up in a double countout because they were outside and through the crowd and they were doing lots of stuff there. Nia Jackson defeated Zoe Stark, who was slapping hands with the fans during her entrance. And again, wasn't she supposed to be a heel? We get some funny interaction between R-Truth and Judgment Day, who says he wants to be their fifth member. And the Judgment Day reminds him that War Games was a few days ago. It's not the fact that R-Truth hasn't aged a bit. It's the fact that R-Truth is forgetting stuff. He's old. Hey, I still look like I'm fucking 20, but... What? He comes out during the Royal Rumble and thinks his uh, Money in the Bank match. He comes out to tell Brock Lesnar that he's going to throw Paul Heyman out of the ring for the Royal Rumble. He comes out and does ridiculous stuff. And then R-Truth. R-Truth is not getting old. He's just getting seen out. He doesn't remember anything at all. He's like um, Internet Explorer. Is that what that is? Next thing you know, R2 is going to be like, where's John Cena at? Bro. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins reveals that Drew McIntyre to Jay Uso is next in line for the championship title, which Drew hits a headbutt on Seth. And Drew opens a wound on his forehead. He opens himself out. Jay comes out to help Seth, and as he grabs the WWE World Championship title, he stares at it and hands it over to Seth. Did he do this when he fought Roman Reigns at 2020? Looks at the belt, then gives it to uh, to Romans. Like, yeah, here, here. Okay. Does the same thing to Jay, to 
Seth Rollins. It's like, we remember this stuff because we were there. <laughs> uh, next match, Randy Orton defeated Dominic Mysterio. Who cares? It's the final segment of the night that we're here for, right? We are anticipating the final segment of the night. It's what we all came here to see. CM Punk walks out, but not before we see a bunch of reaction videos from TikTok fans, to which I recognized a few. Because they're content creators over there. I saw Wheezy. I'm going to say her name. I don't care. I, just, I saw Wheezy. That's the only one I fucking know. That's the only person who I, like, saw. I recognized. It's like, I didn't recognize anybody else. But I was like, hey, I know that person. I've liked their videos before. I've followed them before. Yeah, the year that I'm not involved on TikTok is the same damn year that WWE decide, let's put these guys on the screen. Told you, I'm taking my shots. I'm swinging for the fences. I'm swinging for the moon. I'm taking my shots. So here's a six-minute audio of CM Punk's return speech. And yes, we waited a whole three hours, 50 minutes of commercial-free, only for the night to end, for CM Punk's return, for CM Punk to come out, grab a microphone, and for six minutes, say that he's home, and he's here to make money, not friends. So here's that little clip. Looks like hell froze over. And when I mean hell froze over, I mean this is me standing in a WWE ring on Monday Night Raw with a live microphone in my hand. I don't mean the fact that apparently a Blackhawks fan is universally loved inside the Predator's barn. Okay, I'm sorry, I had to. You guys understand that. I gotta be me, right? And lately, I've been feeling a little bit more like myself ever since Saturday, which was a career highlight for me. I've been trying to come up with the words and the language to explain to all of you exactly how I feel. And I've come to two words, and I'm afraid to say them, honestly. And it's not because they're not true. It's because I'm a little bit scared of how true they actually are. And it's a little bit corny, and it's a little bit cheesy, and it's not going to sound like CM Punk. But I've changed. And once upon a time, an American dream taught me that as long as you speak from the heart, you cannot go wrong because it is the truth. And this is the truth. I'm home. I've come back to this familiar place and I didn't know how I was gonna react and I didn't know how it was gonna go, but it has made me feel like my old self because this is where I belong. Yeah. 
This is home, and I've been gone for 10 years. In over 10 years, you people never forgot me, even when maybe I wanted to forget me. And that's powerful. You are all powerful. A bunch of continents, countless countries, arenas all over the world, the people watching at home, the people in the building never stopped chanting my name. The voiceless found their voice, and I couldn't be more proud of you, and I heard you, and that's why I'm back, because I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys, and I've missed you guys, and I've missed all of this, and I wish I could say I never had to leave. But once upon a time, a wise man told me, for me to get everything I need out of this place, I'd have to leave and come back. Hate to say the wise man was right. But that's why I'm back to get everything I need out of this place. I'm back for you because you are home. Saturday night was an amazing moment. Monday night is an amazing moment. Try to have the words to explain to you how it feels, but in front of and behind the camera, it's been nothing but love. It's been nothing but hugs. It feels like a family reunion. Everybody back there is happy to see me, and it's all smiles. A few people kissed me on the mouth. It's welcome back, welcome home. We've missed you. We're happy to see you. By the way, how's AJ? And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, AJ is fabulous, sends her regards. Everybody has welcomed me back with open arms. Well, almost everybody. Some people are afraid. They're afraid of the truth. They're afraid of what they don't understand, but I understand. Everything I've ever wanted has always been here. The competition here, week in and week out, competes to be the best in the world, but the best in the world has not been here for almost 10 years. I understand being afraid. They're afraid that I just set the bar to an unattainable level. They're afraid that the brass ring is in my back pocket and they can't grab it. They're afraid that the most dangerous and controversial feared man in this industry just walked through the front door and there's nothing that they can do about it. Some people are afraid that tomorrow morning when they wake up, they're gonna have to come to terms with the fact that their best efforts at being the best in the world, in this ring, on this microphone, even at commentary, isn't just false, but it's a lie because the best in the world is back and the best in the world is standing in the middle of the ring, live and in living color in Nashville, Tennessee on a Monday night, and his name is... Back. I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money.
evidently people are going to have problems with punk. And I said this last time, I'm so glad none of these people were around the Attitude Era because they would get clowned. They would definitely get roasted. None of them would have been able to handle the fact that Ravishing Rick Rude showed up on both the Raw and WCW Nitro on the same night. Or the many times Jeff Jarrett jumped from WWE to WCW to NWA to WWE to WCW again. Slap nuts. They wouldn't be able to handle all that. What else can we mention? Alunder Blaze dropping the belt in the garbage. Shit, okay. What else? The Radicals. Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit. Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero moving to Raw. What else can we mention? Oh, yes, of course we're going to mention this. Bret Hart Screwjob. Wow. People would have been all over that one. That's another story. That would have given heart, people heart attacks. Let's go. That's it. Let's go with that. As always, follow us on our socials and support us. Rum Under the Apron on Instagram, the Threads, YouTube. That's our socials. I love that. Apron underscore stories on the Twitter. More info on the links where you can listen or watch in the show notes. Listen to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other audio media you can listen to podcasts on. And don't forget, we have this little thing, this crazy little thing called merch. We've got some merch. Go buy our merch. We've got some merch. Go buy our merch. After two years of trying to find the right name for my listeners, I decided to go with what I was called, own it, and turn it into a saying. That's right. Follow this behavior squad. Y'all are supporting my endeavors, so I feel it's right that shirts I made out in your honor. A friend of the podcast that goes by the name The Big Friendly Giant decided to design the logo for these t-shirts. He said he was fidgeting with the logo and he made the perfect combination of epic outerwear. So please check those out. Get the podcast logo in the front. Follow us behavior in the back. Complete with the QR code and link to the website across from it. Or if you want to get your hands on another shirt, podcast logo in the front with the QR code and link to the website as well. But if you want to get your hands on the Father's Behavior Squad shirt, you're going to have to wait until the new year. For the second year anniversary of the podcast, we're putting out the Father's Behavior Squad t-shirts. Let us know you're part of the Futa from Under the Apron family. Wear them, display them, just in time for the holidays with your family. Get together and show them how you really feel or how you act. And if they say they like the shirt, buy them as a gift for Christmas. The link tree will be in the show notes. Don't forget to rate us and leave us a review. And if you feel you want to do a little bit more, a little bit more, go to patreon.com forward slash from the apron podcast. Support us on the Patreon. Become a top tier patron and get patron privileges. And I'll shout you out at the end of every episode. Kind of like Babel V, Man of Smiling, Damien H from the Life of a 30-Year-Old Podcast. Chanel from the Nerds in Texas podcast. Cloudy November from the No is a Sentence podcast. I Beloved Psy from the Sweet Life pod. I'll have these links to these podcasts to, in the show notes. Y'all can check them out and show them some love. 
Also, don't forget these websites, darkfakecreations.com. Check out these scented candles. They're fucking amazing. I have them in my repertoire. I love them. Pleasurepassport.shop. An adult website, but it's a safe and inclusive platform for non-judgmental and consensual adult fun while offering comprehensive online education on safe sex practices and exploring sexuality. They believe that proper sexual education is essential to limit the transmission of sexually transmitted infections or diseases and to empower individuals to shed shame and freely explore their sexuality. Links to these shops will be in the show notes. Mini Mommy Dancer, Little Monster Atlas, The Wee Daddy, OMG is Ran, Hannah Time, Messenger of Stupidity, Cone of Shame Rabbit, Celestial Moon Goddess, Toasted Bagel, Lisa's Journey, Age of Shadow 666, Ivan Campbell Music, Marijuana Barbie, Queen of the Underworld, Wild Stark, Little Miss Confidence, Greenery, Hey, It's Me, Your Favorite Chick, Jada Samia, Kit Kat 2022, Narcissus, Tiger Princess, Princess in the Weed, The Big Friendly Giant, who I just mentioned, Kinky's Delivery Service, Jojo Kiki's Blog, Daylo 17, Baby XOXO, Tiana Taylor 2, Baby's Mama, Sad Hoda Goddess, Pixie Ocean Dust, Jenna Tolls, Get it, Jenna told. Baby Lexo, Julie the Flower Queen, Moss Vibes, Mighty Sovereign, I Drink Boy Tears, Starlit Sky, Hey Big Boy, Uzma Kappa, Original Loki Faded, Only Real Love, Interstellar Machine, Art Goblin 666, Foolish Boy Things, Pablo Malverde, The Evil Cat, Cheeky Lizzy 24, Shaggy Roger the Stoner, don't mind pop punk nurse Miss Almond La Lumiere Sunshine Soul Vibe Mocha Fawn Kit Kat one three one Baby Scarlet Killjoy seven zero zero six Queen Savage one thousand and Screwbolt or as I like to call her with the pretty lady with the green eyes. There you go. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast, patreon.com forward slash from the apron podcast. Get your name shout out. Support the podcast. Check out the show notes for links to other podcast stories that you heard on this episode. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, questions, comments, ratings, or requests at our email. It is from under the apron at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Joining the live. Adapting. Joining the live. And being a huge part of this community. Tell your friends. Join us next time for more behind the scenes stories movies, and TV show reviews when we come to you from Under the Apron. Geek behavior. No, I'm kidding. I'm proud of y'all, and I love your faces. Goodbye.